Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the February 24th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Our generous sponsor for Local Matters is the Security Federal Bank and, of course, my consulting firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. You can learn more about Security Federal at securityfederalbank.com. Uh, there, there is a toll-free number where you can contact them. That is 1-866-851-3000. Again, 1-866-851-3000, where you can get in touch with them in regard to the Paycheck Protection Program, as well as any of their other offerings for churches, businesses, individuals, etc. They are here to serve members of our community and look forward to hearing from you. You can also learn more about Janice Allen Jackson and Associates by visiting my website, JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. All of my Local Matters episodes are listed there at the Local Matters tab as well. Uh, there are other tabs there where you can learn more about services that we provide with my firm. Today's show is a continuation of our discussion about the special purpose local option sales tax referendum. Early voting has begun this week. I uh, don't know if anybody's been out, but early voting began Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. This week is 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the downtown location. Next week, that expands to Henry Brigham, Robert Howard Community Center at Diamond Lakes and the Warren Road Community Center from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. leading up to the actual election day of March 16th. If you would prefer not to go out to the polls, if you would prefer to vote by absentee, you can do that. Please go to the My Voter page system at the Georgia Secretary of State's office. You can access that from the Richmond County Board of Elections website or directly with the Secretary of State to request an absentee ballot. Uh, voter turnout is one of the things that we have talked about a good bit on this show. Uh, and uh, from what we can tell, it's anticipated that the voter turnout for this special election with only one issue on the ballot may only be about 10 to 15 percent. Uh, but we want to do better than that. Uh, so let's get armed with this knowledge so that we feel good about going to vote on March 16th or during the early voting period. My special guest today is Mr. Maurice McDowell. Maurice is the Director of Recreation and Parks for Augusta, Georgia. He has been with the City of Augusta for quite some time, but just took over in his directorship role back in September. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Local Matters, Maurice. Thank you for having me, Ms. Jackson. Uh, I would definitely be remiss if I didn't acknowledge uh, you playing an instrumental role in my uh, career. So thank you for allowing me to work under your leadership 
in your administration uh, during your tenure with the city of Augusta. And so I've since migrated from uh, the administrative office back to uh, Parks and Recreation for the city of Augusta. All right. Very good. Very good. And you actually were in recreation before, just so folks know you were doing uh, planning and capital projects over at recreation. Uh, so uh, you had some history there and now just having the opportunity to uh, direct the whole operation. So we wish you the best uh, coming in at a trying time for <laughs> recreation and parks. Um, you know, everybody's operation has been affected by the pandemic, uh, but yours in particular. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, are y'all back 100 percent or where are you in terms of getting back up to uh, where you were? All right. Uh, thank you for that question. Uh, yes, to, uh, to your point, the, the pandemic has definitely taken its toll in terms of our operation. Uh, we're not back at 100 uh, percent as of yet. There are some plans in place. Uh, for us to gradually open back up to 100%. Uh, we'll continue to adhere to CDC guidelines in terms of the number of patrons that we have in our facilities. Uh, but it's definitely had an adverse impact on our, our programming opportunities uh, for this uh, fiscal year. So we haven't been able uh, to do a lot of work with the youth. We haven't been able to do a lot of uh, socialization uh, type program with our seniors. We continue to, to move forward with our meal program for our seniors. That's probably been our biggest program uh, during the pandemic is to continue to provide those meals uh, for our seniors. Outside of that, we've been pretty much relegated to some basketball uh, in our gymnasium uh, and then some fitness opportunity in, in our fitness uh, centers and our uh, facilities. But from a programming standpoint, uh, we look hopefully to get back moving forward probably by the tail end of April. We'll see uh, what the numbers uh, suggest. And we're also hoping at some point near the beginning of summer, at least, uh, that the city of Augusta at least will be at around 70 to 75 percent of those uh, citizens vaccinated at that point. And that'll help drive uh, some of that uh, discussion as we look to reopen our facilities and do more programming for the city of Augusta. All right. Great. And I know there are key groups. You work with everybody. Everybody is your uh, potential user of your facilities and, and parks. Um, but in particular, young people, you know, you get youth sports programs and all those sorts of things, the soccer, the football, uh, basketball, uh, softball. Are you all able to do any of those now? Is basketball, you said you did some of that? Right. So last year, in terms of our actual programming, in terms of of having uh, those uh, team sports, uh, we opted not to do any uh, last year, and we haven't done any this year. Uh, our basketball program is more free play. We open up our gymnasium for from 10 to 5 to kind of let uh, patrons come in and, and play for a couple of hours. Uh, but we're looking at uh, possibly uh, April the 24th will be our first attempt at any organized uh, programming, which will be our local track date. Uh, so we're putting plans in place now as to how that looks in terms of being able to uh, receive those athletes, those student athlete, athletes, but as well as trying to figure out a way to safely uh, bring in some of the patrons to be able to observe it. So that will be our first, I would say, true programming with the youth uh, since the pandemic hit last year. We pretty much been shut down in terms of operation since that standpoint. Wow. Wow. And our older residents, I know they're particularly hesitant about coming out because of the risk associated with um, the pandemic. 
um, are you maybe looking at different ways of providing services to them eventually? Yes, as you are well aware of, we're working with our partner agency, I think area agency uh, for our seniors. Uh, they've been instrumental in helping us a uh, codify a program to make sure that we can get our seniors their meals, but be also trying to utilize technology uh, as the future and, and continue to provide socialization opportunities for our seniors. We haven't gotten there yet, but there are some on, ongoing discussions and dialogue uh, around those topics because you're right, we haven't been able to interact with our seniors. But there's a, a, a huge concern uh, on the socialization side, on the mental health side, and just continue to be engaged and, and check on our seniors. Uh, and so we're looking at opportunities in terms of programming and partnering with our different agencies to help us foster a good plan and a robust strategy on how we do that in the future. Uh, because even though this pandemic, it seems as though nationally numbers are trending down, I think Augusta numbers are still kind of spiking. Uh, this may be our new uh, reality. And so we want to be prepared for that moving forward in the future. All right. Very good. I always have to think forward in local government um, because things change and you have to just be ready to adjust with those changes to make sure that you can serve your population. And we appreciate that. Uh, moving to SPLOST A, uh, there's several projects under quality of life that are uh, part of what you and your staff uh, would uh, implement if this uh, referendum is approved. Um, some of the bigger ones, Dias Park, Fleming Park, uh, some park improvements spread out to a few parks in our community, um, uh, oh, and a water park. $5 million for a water park is in the SPLA. So you want to just kind of give us your guided tour of what you think some of the more significant ones are on that list. Yes, we'll start with Dias Park. Uh, there's an allocation of about $6 million there. Uh, there was a holdover from SPLOS 7, about roughly a million dollar allocation for Dias Park. So hopefully there, if this referendum is approved, that gives us a budget of around $7 million to really uh, make a, a footprint over in that particular corridor. So it will possibly be a new community center. We're not really sure yet. Uh, we'll definitely have a series of meetings with the stakeholders in that particular area uh, and try to figure out the best plan forward uh, to develop some type of true uh, project over in that particular area. We've talked about possibly uh, doing something with the swimming pool there. We talked about possibly coming back with a community center there, uh, doing some type of uh, di something different with the basketball courts on the exterior of that particular property uh, and then the tennis courts. But again, I think these discussions need to be driven uh, by the stakeholders in, in that particular area to kind of get us a real uh, sense of what that community looks like now, but what it will look like in the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, so I have some plans in place to not only meet with the Neighborhood Association, I think the Laney Walker Neighborhood Association, but also to meet with some of the youth over in that particular area via the school system to kind of get us an idea uh, what the youth will really be demanding in terms of a, a new park site. Uh, we definitely hope to do more open green space type concepts uh, and then do some sort of connection to downtown. That has been some of the discussion that we had even during your tenure about possibly doing something that connects us to downtown and then over towards Laney Walker in partnership with HCD 
uh, and then the land bank as well. So it gives us that opportunity with that allocation. Uh, but again, that will be heavily driven by the community stakeholders and the elected uh, officials. Uh, the other big uh, project that we have on this course is Fleming Park, which is our Bernie Ward uh, Community Center, as well as our uh, baseball softball complex. We're looking at possibly uh, overhauling those uh, baseball and softball fields uh, and then doing something uh, new to the Bernie Ward Community Center. I think that facility uh, was originally constructed in 1978, uh, so it's definitely uh, in need of a major overhaul there. Uh, to definitely modernize our facility and allow us to do some different type programming uh, with the different components of, of a new facility there. Uh, so we are looking to hopefully get that up and going as well if this package is, is approved. Of course, then we have uh, Fleming Tennis Center and Newman Tennis Center. Uh, we're looking at possibly a new facility, meaning community center at Fleming uh, with some additional courts maybe added. Uh, that particular area is kind of landlocked. So whatever we do in that particular area will be a vertical bill. Uh, but that was some of the discussion leading to, to this project possibly getting on, on this list. Newman Tennis Center is a little bit different. Uh, that's probably our jewel in terms of tennis uh, facilities. Uh, so I will look there to probably do some more land acquisition so we can extend the courts there. I think we have roughly about 17 courts there. Uh, to keep pace with what's going on uh, statewide and nationally, we need to be up around 25 to kind of stay competitive for tournaments. Uh, and then also looking at possibly doing a couple of play courts to kind of give us a new component uh, uh, for that facility to kind of put us on the map because I'm not really aware of many clay courts in this area. So hopefully we'll be one of the first uh, to get that. So that will be a luxury for us in terms of the tennis programming. Uh, and then as you alluded to, we have a, a catch-all category of about $6 million to kind of do some improvements and, and some enhancement at a couple of other parks and facilities. Uh, and then the big one, the new one, uh, will be the water park. Not really sure what that looks like right now. I know there's some monies there. Uh, it's not enough to build a water park, but it's definitely enough money there uh, to, I would say, seed money to kind of get some type of uh, private-public partnership going on and see where will be ideal location for a water park. Uh, I think some of the, the early discussions were about possibly putting it at Diamond Lakes Regional Park uh, as a first, uh, I guess, location of consideration. I'm hoping that we will have more dialogue, more robust discussions about possibly looking at other areas that could be possibly more attractive uh, for a water park. Uh, and then also looking uh, to build some relationships so we can definitely get a good bang for our buck if we're going to go in that direction. Uh, my take on it, it should be one of those things that is an enterprise fund. It kind of, you know, makes enough money to kind of take care of itself uh, so it would add any undue pressures on the taxpayer to kind of subsidize uh, endeavor such as a water park. So those are all big ones um, in terms of our major projects and for the quality of life category. Uh, you got, I mean, most of the voters will see in that quality of life category, a $25 million uh, James Brown Arena endeavor that's not really parts of recreation. I just, that catch our category of quality of life, but I, I definitely want to reference between what's ours and what's not ours. And so that $25 million is for the James Brown Arena and, and that for, that task force that's put together and kind of uh, come up with a project for that. But, but outside of that, the rest of them are parts of recreation uh, projects. And we look forward to hopefully getting this approved by the voters 
uh, so we can move forward with some some new attractions that we can bring to the city. All right, and and everybody wants new attractions. Uh, when people see Water Park, they get really excited. Um, but at this point, we really, I would assume we don't have much of an idea of the scope, size. No, the, the funding definitely going to drop it. <laughs> uh, you know, in this area, we typically hear Splash in the Borough in Statesboro as the, I guess, model. Uh, but I try to remind the elected body uh, and those that are in leadership that that's a great starting in terms of conceptual but we really, at our size of government, and to, or in order to pull and draw from Statesboro, we need to go larger. Um, so we really need to be thinking around 15 to $20 million to build that level of attraction, sort of like they have down in, in Van Oster at Wild Adventures, uh, at Whitewater, in Six Flags. We need to be thinking on that level uh, if we're going to really uh, commit ourselves and commit our taxpayers to a water park. And it generate enough revenue to support itself. We don't want something that we bring that the uh, citizen will definitely have to uh, support in terms of tax dollars. So uh, that would be my idea. I'm not really sure once we get to that point, hopefully those discussions will lead us to where we need to be. Right. And so essentially the city will be looking to partner with a private entity to develop that water park where, you know, city puts in some seed money, but if you're talking it's a 15 to 20 million dollar type of project, that private entity may need to come in with, you know, 10, 15 million of their own in order to, to make it work. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this will definitely help us in terms of if there's any land acquisition that we have to do uh, and then other things that the city government can do. Uh, this will be enough money to drive that. But I wouldn't feel comfortable at this juncture not partnering with some type of outside entity to kind of really take it and kind of run with it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, one of the other things is we looked on the list, you talked about some of the bigger projects. I do want to highlight this on Newman. Uh, that Newman Tennis Center facility is pretty old now. Oh, I think yeah. it's been there. Is it like mid-70s, early 80s? I want to say mid-80s. Mid-80s, maybe? Uh, yeah, okay. It's definitely showing its wear and tear. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's one of our heavily used facilities uh, and it definitely needs some attention there. Uh, there's some room for growth there, uh, but we have to commit ourselves to it. Uh, originally, I, we had budget around $7 million, and Of course, that number kind of got doing it down to $4 million, uh, because there's some major work we need to do with existing courts, but also we need to look to, to expanding that facility and then adding some new components that I mentioned earlier. Uh, definitely some clay courts would definitely put us on the map on, on the map in terms of facilities that have that, that new function in terms of tennis. I'm hoping we can get roughly two to six somewhere in there of uh, clay courts um, to definitely add that new component and that will definitely make new and more attractive. But yes, it, it definitely is showing this age and we definitely need to do some things that, uh, that will enhance Newman and continue to allow it to be uh, one of our jewels uh, in our wilderness. And, and as you talk about quality of life, um, one of the things that we also have to think about with our recreation projects, certainly they give us more things to do, um, ways to get out, exercise, live a healthier lifestyle. But for some of those facilities, they're also economic development engines 
say if you've got a tennis tournament um i know in the past at diamond lakes we've hosted some big softball tournaments and things i mean you could see sometimes hundreds of extra people in town staying at hotels eating at restaurants and so forth and sometimes it's thousands of extra people in town uh when you have those events absolutely and i think that's one of the things that uh most overlooked in terms of uh uh, parts of recreation and quality of life uh, projects themselves. Uh, quality of life is one of those key components anytime industry is looking to come to a community, as you're very familiar with, uh, you know, the school system, safety, and then quality of life in terms of what does that community has to offer uh, if the industry is going to bring uh, their business to that particular community because they definitely consider their employees and what, what sort of amenities that city has. Uh, so, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, one of the things that we must continue to do uh, is host those tournaments from a tennis standpoint, from an aquatic standpoint. Uh, we've, we've got great partners there. Uh, we do a lot of, of uh, tournaments in terms of, of tennis. We do a lot of tournaments in terms of aquatics uh, at the Aquatic Center. So this definitely will help keep us in line with those opportunities. You are correct. It's a definitely an economic development driver uh, by bringing uh, folks to our community. And as they come to our community, they begin, you know, begin to see other things. Uh, one of the things that I'm pushing for, hopefully uh, here soon, is the uh, GRPA to host a conference here in Augusta. It hasn't been here, to my understanding, since probably the 80s. Uh, we've had a couple of... Uh, uh, oh, and, and explain that to people. I know what GRPA is, but tell yeah, them. Georgia Recreation, uh, Georgia Recreation Parks uh, Affiliation. It's Association for Georgia, Georgia Parks and Recreation Professionals. Uh, and then we have the NR, NRPA, which is on the national level, same thing. But, uh, yes, that's good because what it does is showcase your community. Uh, uh, other uh, partners in parts of recreation affiliates across the state, it affords them the opportunity to come to your community uh, and look at your amenities and, and, and really uh, fall in love with your city. And you never know, that may be a, a good uh, opportunity, or at least a catalyst, to drive other type of economic development opportunities. So uh, we're definitely looking at making Augusta open and friendly to those type of organizations uh, coming to our community. And so you wanna have some amenities and you wanna have some good facilities to showcase uh, to let others know that we're doing things right here in the city of Augusta. And that's, and that's one of my big drivers is make sure that we have facilities that, that we all can be proud of, but those that come to visit us can definitely be proud of as well. All right. Excellent. You know, um, one of my earlier shows after the pandemic, I had uh, Dayton Shirouse from the Augusta Canal Authority come on and talk about how the canal trails are an excellent way to get outdoor recreation during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I certainly have taken advantage of a number of them, the canal trail, the river walk, um, sometimes going up to Savannah Rapids, you know, I, wow. I like, you know, just being outdoors and doing that. Have you seen any increases in activity in the parks over the last, um, last year now? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the, I guess I would say silver linings in the pandemic, uh, is our park usage and our open green space have definitely seen an increase in usage and, and them just being populated with people there. Uh, we're, we're fortunate for here that we have folks that like to get outside and get outdoors and do things. And, and our community affords us many different uh, 
opportunities to do that. I think we, we have the, the canal here, as you mentioned, a few other things, but definitely our parks have experience and uptick in terms of usage, which is good for us. I think that's sort of the direction that we want to go is more opportunities uh, for outdoor recreation uh, and afford uh, the citizen here in Augusta those opportunities in terms of increasing those outdoor amenities and opportunities uh, from a department standpoint that allows them to take advantage of it. So yes, the pandemic in that standpoint has definitely uh, been a civil lining in terms of many people coming and, um, and visiting our outdoor facilities. And many of them may not have been aware of so many different parts uh, that we do have in our system, uh, which we're beginning to now assess them and take a hard look at uh, does it make sense for some of them? But, you know, that's a discussion probably for another day. But we're definitely looking at those different opportunities and trying to figure out what makes sense from an operational standpoint. Uh, because, as you know, uh, resources are limited in local government. So you kind of stretch those dollars as best you can with the idea of hoping to create a, a healthy and safe environment for our citizens. So that's one of the many challenges of, of working in local government, the limited resources and trying to. Uh, best uh, program and prioritize with those limited resources. All right. Very good. Very good. That is always the challenge in local government because we don't have unlimited dollars. We know people don't necessarily want to pay more taxes. So you got to know what you yeah. have. Um, there's one other project I want to reference before we close. There's $600,000 in there related to cemeteries. Um, can you speak to at all how that would benefit? And yeah. another thing, two people probably don't know that that cemeteries is under recreation and parks. That's the first thing to get straightened out. Absolutely. So that yeah, that's one of the many things uh, that I guess the general public isn't aware of uh, is your cemeteries uh, uh, definitely managed and maintained by Parks and Recreation Department. Uh, that 600000 is not enough to do the things that we need to do in our cemeteries, but it's definitely a, a, a large step in the right direction. Uh, we definitely need to look at our entryways into our, our cemeteries. There have been some major, major drainage issues and concerns uh, with our cemeteries. And so uh, at the focal point of, of this 600000 allocation is to really look at uh, some drainage issues. Uh, and try to uh, mitigate those uh, issues and concerns. Also, we always have uh, a tree, I would say a tree problem in the, in the sense of there's too many trees in the cemetery that definitely the roots system kind of uh, interrupts uh, the graves and that sort of stuff. So we have to go back in and do some major work there uh, and then enhancing uh, you know, the experience of, of those that visit our cemeteries in terms of being able to get in and out of those particular areas uh, without any any problems. So the 600000 were allocated. I think originally we had asked for around $2 million. Uh, it kind of got going down to 600000 uh, to address some of those issues and concerns. But definitely uh, the drainage is one of the major ones, and that would be our first first stab at it once we get those dollars allocated, if, if this uh, 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 allocation is approved with SWAS 8, uh, to look at trying to mitigate some of the drainage concerns that we've experienced in our cemeteries. 
All right. Very good. Maurice, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, if you all didn't catch his name at the outset, this is Maurice McDowell. He is the director of the Augusta uh, Parks and Recreation Department. Um, where is you all's website? Do people want to know a little bit more about your activities? Well, I think we're at www.AugustaRecreationandParks. We're working on that. Uh, we're actually changing to Parks and Recreation. Okay. But www.AugustaRecreationandParks.gov. Uh, and then we also, we're on uh, Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Uh, and soon we'll be, I think, on Instagram. Uh, so we're there in the community. That's where we kind of get a lot of information disseminated to the community. So look us up, Augusta uh, Recreation and Parks. Uh, thank you for, for having me today. Thank you again for for your steadfast uh, leadership and continue to be engaged in the community and bringing all these issues and awareness to the community. I think you've done a yeoman's job uh, filling in this new endeavor for yourself and, and, and stepping outside your comfort zone into doing something different, but yet staying engaged with the community and continue to uh, give back to the community. So I want to acknowledge you for that as well. And thank you for having me as a guest today. Thanks so much for being with us. Take Absolutely. care. All right, take care. You too. Next week, we'll continue our discussion of SPAS 8 projects by inviting Cal Ray. He is president of the Augusta Economic Development Authority, and he will talk about some of the economic development projects that are on the referendum and talk generally about how it is that his organization works to ensure more jobs come into our community. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.